0: Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Five witches and their disturbing crimes. Witches, covens, and the occult. Many people don't believe they can exist, but for others, they're as real as anything. The five stories on this list consist of real-life murders and ritual sacrifices. These are five witches and their disturbing crimes. Number 5. Jeanette De Palma It was a bright summer day in September of 1972 when Jeanette De Palma's body was found. The small town of Springfield, New Jersey was still reeling from the John List murders that occurred just 10 months prior, and they weren't sure how to react with another dead body showing up on their doorstep. Jeanette was just 16 years old and had told her mother she was heading to the train station to go visit a friend. However, when she never made it to the friend's house or returned home later in the evening, her parents grew concerned and reported her missing. Six weeks later, and still there was no sign of the teenage girl. Then one day, a dog owner was walking in the woods and was surprised when the pup came rushing back with something in its teeth. It was a badly decomposed human arm. Police were informed and soon they began investigating the area. Although it wasn't officially stated in the records, one resident in remembering the incident said police actually found various arrows carved in the trees pointing towards the location of the body. Authorities later discovered Jeanette's decomposing body in an area known to the locals as the Devil's Teeth. There are plenty of versions out there about how or what was found near her body that day, and while many disagree on the details, there was no doubt that the murder scene was very bizarre. Her body was apparently surrounded by strange, impossible occult objects. For instance, she was found with a coffin-shaped perimeter made from logs around her body. There were dead animals hung from the trees nearby as well as makeshift wooden crosses. During the autopsy, the coroner couldn't find the exact cause of death. There was no indication of any stab wound or blunt force trauma. They could only point to strangulation as the likely cause, but still they weren't sure. Then there were the toxicology reports. They couldn't find drugs or other substances in Jeanette's system, but they did find high levels of lead, which was of course very strange. Afterwards, police received a tip that a homeless man named Red used the area where Jeanette's body was found as a campsite. Initially, the lead was promising, but soon police took Red into custody, but had to let him go due to a lack of evidence. The man was then cleared as a suspect completely. Two weeks later, a local paper reported that the girl's cause of death was from witchcraft and a ritualistic killing. There had been countless rumors around the area of a coven of witches and Satanists that operated in the Wachung Reservation. Eventually, the case grew cold and no other leads could be found, but that didn't stop it from becoming ingrained in local lore. In the early 2000s, a magazine called Weird New Jersey decided to report on the case. Soon, the editor and founder began receiving anonymous letters about Jeanette's death. This included how police lost all or most of the crucial files about the case. Police said they lost the files due to the flooding when Hurricane Floyd hit the area in 1999, but others think they're using that as a cover-up. Regardless, those who came forward provided additional details, and all their findings were compiled in a book titled, Death on the Devil's Teeth, the Strange Murder That Shocked Suburban New Jersey. In it, they point to a possible cover-up, a list of more suspects, as well as connections to other unsolved murders in the area. Today, the case still remains unsolved and no one knows who killed Jeanette De Palma. Number four Angela Sanford Fifty two year old Joe Leva first met Angela Sanford at a casino in March of twenty ten. It was then that 30-year-old Sanford invited him to the Sandia Foothills Open Space Trailhead in Albuquerque, New Mexico, to help her celebrate Beltane, the Wiccan celebration of spring. Once at the trailhead, Sanford said Joel made some sexual advances, which she rejected. He then attacked her and tied her up with her rope belt and threatened her with a dagger. She said she convinced him that she did want to have sex with him, and so he ultimately freed her. Once untied, she then asked him to lie down, took the knife away from him, and stabbed him three times in the stomach before running away to seek help. A group of witnesses said Sanford ran to them in her underwear, saying she was raped and asking for help. However, none of them heard of anyone yelling for help prior to her arrival. When police investigated the situation, they discovered there were inconsistencies with the woman's version of events. For one the coroner reported that joel had suffered approximately 13 stab wounds to the head and stomach instead of the three she reported moreover one witness said he saw sanford initially hiding behind a boulder and only came up to him when she realized that he had seen her another odd thing is that her clothes were also neatly folded right beside the body of joel as if that wasn't enough Angela had actually saved Joel's number in her cell phone, naming it as sacrifice, as opposed to his actual name. The dagger that was used for killing him was also a Wiccan sacrificial dagger as well. Practicing Wiccans have stepped forward condemning Sanford for her actions. Ultimately, she was charged with the murder, but made a plea deal for second-degree murder that put her behind bars for 20 years. 3. Adolfo Constanzo In the spring of 1989, students looking to celebrate spring break headed to Matamoros in Mexico. An easy drive from Brownsville, Texas, it's become a favorite for college students looking to enjoy all-night parties, alcohol, drugs, and more. But Matamoros, despite being spring break friendly, had something else disturbing going on at the time. Since New Year's Day of that year, close to 60 people have been reported missing. One student that likely didn't know or care of the high crime rate was pre-med student Mark Kilroy. He crossed into the border town with friends to enjoy the break, but was separated from them one night while partying. Close to dawn, when the group headed back, they had lost sight of Kilroy completely. An extensive manhunt and investigation soon erupted, sparked partially by the $15,000 reward for Kilroy's safe return and additional information as to his whereabouts. Matamoros police interrogated more than 127 suspects, but none of them had any information to give. Enter Adolfo Constanzo. Born in Miami, Florida, he's the son of a Cuban immigrant and the oldest of three children from different fathers. By the time he was six months old, his mother had him blessed by a Haitian priest who practiced the African Voodoo religion of Palo Mayobi. When he was a teenager, Adolfo began apprenticing as a local sorcerer practicing the religion. His mother remarried and his stepfather was involved in drug dealing, leading Adolfo to forge the same path. He moved to Mexico City by the time he was an adult, gaining several followers. His notoriety not just involved drugs, but in casting spells to bring drug dealers good luck in their deals. The practice initially involved animal sacrifices like that of zebras, snakes, chickens, and even lion cubs. Many of his clients were affluent drug dealers and hitmen who loved Constanzo's display of violence and supposed black magic. Unsatisfied with the animal sacrifices, he moved on to grave robbing, stealing human remains to use in his rituals by putting them in his cauldron. But he didn't stop with the dead. He truly believed his magic spells were the reason the cartels were so successful, and for this he demanded one cartel make him a partner. When they declined, seven family members of that drug ring disappeared and they were later found with various body parts missing. By 1988, Constanzo moved to Rancho Santa Elena, where he committed some of his most sinister and sadistic crimes. Aside from killing, kidnapping, and murdering various people, it was in this same place that Mark Kilroy was brought in to be sacrificed. Initially, Mexican police picked up two of Constanzo's henchmen, not realizing the gravity of their crimes. Police were led to the ranch where they discovered a host of occult items. A total of 15 mutilated bodies were buried in the area. Different body parts, including a human brain, were also found. One of Constanzo's followers freely admitted they killed Kilroy with a machete to the back of the head because Constanzo needed a good superior brain for his ritual spells. When police cracked down on the ranch and arrested the cult members, Constanzo had gone into hiding. He had plans of leaving Mexico, but was soon surrounded by police, and that's when he ordered one of his henchmen to kill him and his lover, Martin Quintana. Police reached the apartment and found the two dead and arrested two other members. About 14 members were hanged for their crimes, three were sentenced to prison for over 60 years, and at least one other member is serving a 30-year sentence. Number 2. Donald Wayne Hartung July 31, 2015 was the night of a blue moon, something that happens once every three years. For the Hartung and Smith families, it was supposed to be a routine weekend. Donald Hartung went to his 77-year-old mother's house in Pensacola, Florida to cook dinner. His half-brothers, John and Richard Smith, were also there, however soon, all three of them would be dead. When police discovered the scene after doing a welfare check on the family, they realized the mother and two brothers had been killed two to three days prior. All the victims were beaten with claw hammers, and their throats had been slashed. In addition, 47-year-old Richard Smith, who worked for the Department of Homeland Security, also suffered a gunshot wound. Initial reports stated the bodies were posed in ritualistic fashion, but later on, police clarified and said that they were found in separate rooms all of them apparently hidden under a pile of clothes. Neighbors said the Smith family were quite reclusive. All three victims lived together, while Donald lived in a separate home just a few miles away. The neighbors also noted they didn't observe anyone leaving or entering the house from the 28th through the 31st. Three months after the incident took place, 58-year-old Donald was finally arrested by police and charged with homicide. According to investigators, the crime had ritualistic undertones and was reported as being tied to witchcraft. Donald was said to be a practicing Wiccan and kept several books about the subject inside his office. As for the motive of the crime, police explored three possibilities. One was that it was a religious ritual involving the blue moon. Another angle was money and inheritance. Apparently the suspect was left to inherit everything after his brothers were eliminated from the scene. They did find it odd, however, that the suspect didn't take the $7,000 in the safe inside the home, so perhaps money wasn't the motive. Finally, the third possibility explored by the police was Richard Smith's connection with Homeland Security, since he was considered a critical member. However, local police assured that the investigation didn't pose a threat to national security. Police took time to sort through the mountain of evidence, as well as get back the results for DNA testing. Since all the parties involved were related, they had to make sure they had sufficient and correct information before proceeding with the arrest and charges against Hartung. Donald was arrested and charged in October of 2015 and has been held in jail ever since. His trial has been postponed but prosecutors say they will seek the death penalty. Number 1. Clara Schwartz Fantasy and role-playing games seem harmless to most people, but for Clara Schwartz and her father Robert, that pretend time turned deadly. On December 8, 2001, Robert, a prominent scientist who was an expert on DNA sequencing, was found stabbed with a 27-inch sword while he sat down for dinner in the remote Leesburg, Virginia farmhouse. Even though 20-year-old Clara was at James Madison University that night, her involvement in the crime remained at the core of the investigation. Clara was described by her uncle Chris as a disturbed young girl. She also had a lurid fascination with the occult, role-playing games, vampires, assassins, and magic. Three days after the crime, 19-year-old Catherine Inglis spoke to police and told them about Clara's involvement. Apparently, Clara had been discussing and planning her father's murder with two other friends, Michael Fole and Kyle Hulbert. Clara was supposedly upset with her father for hitting her, and believed that he tried to poison her. On the night of the murder, the three friends went to Clara's house. Catherine and Michael stayed in the car while Kyle went inside and confronted Robert, ultimately stabbing him where he sat. Clara had met Kyle at a Renaissance Festival in 2000 and the two just hit it off. Both loved the occult and witchcraft. Kyle had a long history of mental issues and fancied himself as a warrior who was to be Clara's protector. During the trial, prosecution portrayed Clara as simply a teenager expressing frustration at her family's problems. They said she never explicitly ordered the murder, but that the others, particularly Kyle, had misinterpreted her complaints. However, the defense had a major witness to Clara's manipulative behavior, her ex-boyfriend Patrick House. He testified that prior to the three, Clara had tried to enlist his help to kill her dad. It had worsened to a point where Claire had researched various herbal poisons to make the death seem natural. He also said that she spoke of how much she was going to inherit if her father did die. When Patrick refused to carry out the task, she became increasingly agitated and soon found a willing participant in Kyle and his friends. Michael was sentenced to 18 years behind bars and Catherine served a one-year prison term for conspiracy to commit murder. Kyle was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, and Clara herself was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to 48 years in prison. So there were five witches in their disturbing crimes. Dabbling in witchcraft and the occult may appeal to some, but often those who get involved have no idea exactly what it entails until it's too late, and before they know it, they can find themselves committing unspeakable acts. If you enjoyed this video, then please remember to subscribe to our channel because every Wednesday and Saturday we have new videos for you to check out. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you soon.